You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I, and everything's going to be perfect. All of our fans think that. You all think that. That's what you write about. You don't want to be here. There's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I, I think we did a poor job recruiting. If guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we, we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah, you know, right now uh, we have the atmosphere of a, of a J.C. softball game. You know, I mean, that's what we are, J.C. softball team. As long as, you know... Uh, it's 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 not whether you win or lose. It's like who, the, the the team that wins is the one that has the most fun. You know that crap like that. You know all this stuff that's contaminated America, where they give every kid a trophy and they don't keep scoring little league anymore. Is we want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC wants to play. Nah, that's also a second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> Winning the SEC probably is harder than winning the national championship. Do you know that? Well, how about the fucking dogs? Turn that damn you Hey buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State. Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, happy Valentine's, brother. <laughs> you having a good one over there? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, we actually, we did ours yesterday. So, um, uh, little ones went over to mom's and uh, took took the old lady out on town. You know, did it nice. We went to a couple, of, went to a restaurant, then we went to a place to get some dessert. Uh, seemed like a, seemed like a winner, you know. She had a good time. I had a good time. So, uh, I had a good good Valentine's Day. Actually, I, th- this is probably the most effort I've put into this holiday in a long time, Mike. So uh, you know, it helps. There's no football on. There's you know, it's just it's just I, I'm having to make up for all the time that I've missed with her. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Here I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe she's had enough of me. When I reached out to you to do this show, you said. Hey, shouldn't be no problem. It's only Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, yeah. you know, you covered it there. You already, yeah. you already wind and dined the misses. So yeah. gl- glad to not get you in trouble. Otherwise, uh, we wouldn't be able to be giving the fans a Monday update oh, here. Of- I tell you, I went out there. We had a French, uh, I think you call them crepes. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, fancy, fancy pancakes, what I call them, because it was <laughs> delicious, man. We did that, and then uh, then I ordered some uh, Turkish coffee, and, uh, oh. you know, I've always been kind of a Folgers man, you know, just, uh, it worked for my grandfather, it should work for me, and I don't know, man, them, them Turkish coffee people, they got they got it figured out, because that, that was probably the smoothest coffee I've ever had in my life, and I don't know, it took them a long time to make it, so I probably won't make it here at the house, but uh, I would definitely recommend anybody that's looking for something a little different, that Turkish coffee, that's where it was at. 
Mm. All right. Well, hey, there you go. Not only getting SEC coverage, you're getting mm-hmm. coffee advice. So how about that one? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see that one coming, did you? <laughs> you threw me for a loop there. I'm, I'm a bit stunned. But hey, buddy, we actually do got some college football stuff to get to. You ready, uh, you ready to get to it? Speaking of Turkish coffee. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, so we like to pride ourselves as the SEC podcast that uh, you know really goes out of its way to hit on all the teams. So I got a fun little idea here. We're gonna get to in just a moment, but uh, just you know a couple of news items real quick. Not not a ton going around in the SEC, so that also is kind of why I wanted to come up with this idea to to just have something to talk about. But before we get to that, Shane, just wanted to uh, you know make a couple notes, like I said. And this one is a transfer portal update because I think this is something that uh, not enough people are kind of following and paying attention to. But I saw online here this weekend, as of this weekend, the last, you know, since I guess college football ended, probably goes back to actually when the season started. But we got over a thousand players in the transfer portal, Shane, a thousand and seventy four as of this weekend. And 299 have received scholarships, which is 28%. So that means 72% of the guys that have gone into the transfer portal do not have a scholarship offer on the other side of it. And I just wanted to make that note, man, because that's something I don't think enough people are talking about. And, you know, the grass is not always greener on the other side. And, you know, I'm all for these guys being able to get into the portal and, you know, better their situations for whatever reason they may have to jump into the portal. But that's yeah. something to think about, man, because when, if you don't know, once you jump into that portal, you basically give up the right to return to the school that you're leaving. Now, you still can, but once you jump into that portal, the, the school is no longer obligated to take you. So if you jump in there and you don't have an offer, you just, you know, for the rest of your college career, you don't have a scholarship. So – yeah, I just hate to see that. You know what? Yeah, I mean, because it isn't always a Cinderella story. It isn't, you know, hey, I'm leaving Georgia to go play for Ohio State as a quarterback. You know, that's that's right. the that's the portal stories you remember. The ones you don't hear, some of them probably could be sad. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if some of these kids, like you said, hit the portal, find out the grass isn't greener, try to come back and maybe lose a scholarship. Not saying that that has happened, but – it wouldn't blow my mind. Uh, I am curious, though, um, with the, this portal talk. Out, of, I'm just out of the thousand that are in there. I wonder how many of those are unscholarshiped players to begin with, though. Yeah. Now that I don't have the numbers for, but that is a good point because walk-ons I've seen in the portal, and mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't think it's my fa- my favorite, Mike. Mm-hmm. Is walk-ons going online to let them know everybody? <laughs> <laughs> that he's going to be announcing uh, Friday at his gym, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's probably got, there's probably aren't going to be some, some walk-ons in the portal among that yeah. number, but definitely not 72%, which is what we're no. looking at right now, which just sucks to be one of those guys. You know what? Yeah, yeah. And, and again, you, you hope for the best, you, you know? I, I mean, 
the portal shouldn't just because you ain't playing. I, I I hate to imagine that's what they're all there for. I'm sure there's a lot of good reasons some of these kids are in it. But also, I think you're right. There's some that aren't, and and maybe it should get some more airtime because you, you you talk about you know some of these kids trying to leave early to go to the NFL draft. They they've got these seeds planted in their mind that they're going to go early. They're going to make millions of dollars. Next thing you know, they're going undrafted. You know, those those are the stories that you're starting to hear a little bit more about, a little more transparency with the draft, which is good because you want these kids making great decisions. Same thing with the portal. You always hear the good stories, but you don't really hear the bad ones. And, and it, maybe maybe we should do some more uncovering there and and, and see what, where some of these kids are going and, and how many of them are not graduating. I mean, think about it. The, the the big thing about some of these Division One universities, the SEC schools, that you know they they strive to get these kids a, a degree, which is the ultimate goal because not all of them get the opportunity to go to the draft. But if they can walk away with a with a, a degree somewhere, you know maybe they can land a, a respectful job. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane. Next thing, uh, real quick, let's jump on down to old Rocky Top. Where we still don't have a uh, defensive coordinator. <laughs> Although, don't, don't need a mic because we're scoring <laughs> points. You know, I wouldn't want that job either. So many points. I mean, if we're if we're if we're if somebody asked me the other day, they're they're asking me about the this coordinator situation, and you know what? I, I don't care, Mike, because I don't. I mean, when it boils down to it, you really don't know what you're going to get. I, there was a tweet going around talking about Bob Shoup. You know, remember how exciting that was a home run hire? Oh yeah. I couldn't wait, man. That was the only piece that we needed. To not, you know, to get to the back to the SEC championship game, and man, was I wrong when I saw the defensive lineman lining three feet off the line of scrimmage. I was like, wait a minute, is this the guy, or do we get his brother? I don't know, you know. <laughs> so, you know, as far as defensive coordinator, whoever we get, that's fine. I'm not losing sleep over this because I'm telling you, it's not an easy gig. You got a new coach coming to the SEC that runs a play every three seconds. Do you know how hard that's going to be on a defensive coordinator? It's, it's going to be almost impossible. So uh, we'll, we'll get to the rumor mill here in a second. I just People were asking me what I thought about it. I don't care because, again, it's all about the offense right now. And as long as it's humming, we're going to plug and play some defense. All right, go ahead. Yeah, and I'm glad you talked about that offense because I've gone back. I've started watching UCF games from Josh Heupel's time just to get an idea of what Tennessee is going to look like. And I've also gone back and started watching this uh, graduate transfer quarterback. They've landed Hendon Hooker. And mm-hmm. I'm going to make a prediction right now, Shane. I think Hendon Hooker is going to start for Tennessee next season. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with just how damn fast this offense is going to go. And yeah. that's nothing against Harrison Bailey or the incoming quarterback, Caden uh, Salter. But I think they're going to want someone that uh, – you know, is very experienced in the college ranks, someone that can get this offense up and running, someone that's got that dual threat capability. So I look for Hendon Hooker to to start next year. He may not be the guy the the entire way through, but he looks like a solid option. And, man, it's just – it is a blur. I mean, it's – by the time <laughs> the tackle's getting made, it's, it seems like the offensive linemen are running to, to get to the line of scrimmage to take the next snap. It's that quick. And it's going to remain the same offense. This is what I really wanted to talk about with Tennessee. They've uh, hired basically his, you know, his entire offensive staff from UCF. They're bringing Alex, Alex Golish. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the uh, tight ends slash co-offensive coordinator. Well, offensive coordinator, even though Josh Heupel's calling the plays. Joey Hazel 
That's the quarterbacks coach, Glenn Ellerby, offensive line coach, and Cody Burns, formerly of Auburn, is the receivers mm. coach. And they've also went out and got uh, a guy by the name of Jerry Mack to be the running backs coach. So this is a heavy UCF look to Tennessee's offensive staff. And then on defense, they have they don't have a coordinator yet, Shane, but they have hired Rodney Gardner. And, of course, SEC fans know that name. Longtime yeah. Auburn defensive line coach. He was at Georgia previously and at Tennessee. Went, I went and looked up uh, his history, Shane. He signed nine five-stars, 55 four-star prospects mm. during his coaching career. And that, uh, you know, that's got to be – all the guys I mentioned, none of them are big names except for Rodney Gardner. So it's kind of interesting how Tennessee's made one defensive hire and it's it's basically the only uh, marquee <laughs> name here on the staff. You know what? <laughs> Just a recruiter, baby. We need we need some recruiting going on. So yeah, no, I I, I thought it's funny because it, like you said, it felt like every time that there was a hire, it was somebody else from UCF. You know, I, I thought there for a second, Smokey needed to hide because we're gonna have Golden Knight there on the sideline or something. <laughs> <laughs> Steal their mascot while we're down there. But no, I, I I'm really pumped about the the Gardner hire because uh, I am familiar with him. A lot of Vol fans are familiar with him and. Uh, like he said, he, he has brought a lot of talent to, to Georgia and to Tennessee, so uh, definitely excited about that hire. All right, Shane, enough spieling here about the Vols. You ready to get to uh, the show topic here? And keep in mind, Shane's got no idea what I'm about to throw at him here. <laughs> That's right. Let's do it. Now let's go now around the league. My, my daughters said something about me wearing a visor and need to put on a hat because I'm getting bald. So uh, I'm going to wear a hat from here on out. I mean, if you look over the next six years, I think we played Miami three times, Florida State six times, South Florida three times, Mississippi State once. So who's the SEC teams? You know, I mean, I don't think, I think it's an injustice for the kids. They should, we should mix those games up and you should, um, you know, play more teams from the West. Why don't you start calling around and see if you can get somebody else to play us, and we'll play them. We'll play anybody you can get to play us. At Louisiana, hold on a second. Hey, guys! Hey! I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you! All right, Shane, so, you know, i kind of been throwing this uh, idea in the back of my head as soon as they came out with uh, the 2021 SEC football schedule. And like I said, we like to hit on all the teams. So I've got a list here of 15 games okay. that I am most fired up about on the schedule next season that are non-annual games that we're getting next season. So most of these, you know, it's a mix of non-conference games because, you know, they're obviously uh, unusual. But I'm also throwing in SEC games that are basically – non-divisional games and non-crossover games. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, a whole bunch of asterisks there. Got it. <laughs> You're going to get so many people mad at you like, how could you leave the Iron Bowl off? I can hear it now. <laughs> exactly. Anybody can pick the Iron Bowl. Anybody can pick Florida, Georgia, or Florida, LSU, or on and on and on. So not talking about those games, but these are the 15 that uh, we never, well, I shouldn't say never, but rarely get. These are the 15 I'm most excited about. You ready for it? Let's do it. All right, first one on the list, Shane. Number 15, Vanderbilt. Take it down. At Colorado State. 
That's uh, mm. th- this is going to be week two of the season. Vanderbilt opens at home against ETSU, so you got to assume they're going to win there. So this could be the first real test of the Clark Lee era. And we're going on the road, which is uh, interesting that Vanderbilt's going on the road to Colorado State. But I remember a couple of years ago, Arkansas went on the road to Colorado State and lost. So this is a, I know it's a G5 program, but it's a respectable G5 program. And they've, they've spent a lot of money on their stadium. They've got a really nice stadium, one of the nicest that's uh, outside the Power 5 level. So, you know, a lot on the line here for the Commodores because you want to go into that, you want to head into the SEC with a ton of momentum. So I really want to see what they're going to do week two on the road against Colorado State. And as strange as it, as it sounds, it could be kind of like a statement win here for Vanderbilt and Clark Lee. What are your thoughts on that game? Mm, week two, I like it. You know, I, honestly, I haven't, I haven't given Colorado State a lot of thought since uh, that's Mike Bobo, wasn't it? Yes, Mike sir. Bobo up there, and then Preston Williams, all yep. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, since that, I have not followed Colorado State, so I don't know what kind. Do you know what kind of ball club we're gonna what to expect? I mean, do we got an experienced ball club, or is this kind of a rebuild situation? Or oh, I think it's a total uh, rebuild here. Okay. And they've got, uh, I believe the head coach is Steve Azdazio, who, who was uh, Urban Meyer's assistant at the Gators. Mm. And then he took over Boston College. He didn't do too well there. Now he's at Colorado State. So he's an experienced coach himself. So, I mean, Vanderbilt, I think, certainly could and should win this game. But, you know, we got to see what uh, what this Clark Lee era, you know, what he brings and, and how much of an uphill climb it is for the Commodores. You know what? No, well, it's good. It's a good early test. I mean, that's not a pushover. Uh, Vanderbilt's going to have their hands full, and it's going to be there. Is this a home-and-home situation? or? Yeah, so I think next season okay. they're going to make the return trip. But it is okay. interesting that they go into Colorado State first time, you know, the first yeah. year of it, you know? Yeah, you got to watch that altitude up there, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Can't prepare for that. <laughs> We're gonna if this is a Gary Danielson, he's gonna be mentioning that to no end. You know what? No. All right, number fourteen on my list, Shane. Mississippi State at Memphis. So hmm. this is another unusual game, and Mississippi State's got a really underrated non-conference schedule. They open at home against Louisiana Tech, old Skip Holtz's team. Yep. They got NC State week two, so these are some tricky openers, but. I circled this Memphis game for two reasons, because it's on the road and because Memphis is very close to Starkville, Mississippi, or, you know, relatively close to Starkville. It's closer to Oxford, but Mississippi State certainly recruits Memphis heavily, and we all know the chip on the shoulder of the Memphis program. They think they're as good as some of these SEC teams, and we've seen them beat uh, Ole Miss, you know, it was several years ago now, but, I mean, they've competed with SEC programs. So I think a lot on the line here for Mississippi State. They certainly should be favored in this one, sh- should win the game. But that's kind of why I got this one. Just it being on the road, Memphis, so much on the line before going into SEC play. So thoughts on that game, Shane. Mississippi State at Memphis. Well, I think it's huge, man, and it's at Memphis, I think. Because you, you, when you think of Mississippi State and Ole Miss, you think about the border, you know, protecting the state of Mississippi. And then it's like, okay, how much talent can you get out of Memphis? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a pipeline for both those schools. And, and it's just an, a, 
excellent opportunity to go in there and showcase what you're doing because, you know, uh, the Pirate, you know, it, a lot of people had problems with the first year of his offense. If you look back, his first years, he's always struggled, but the second, he really got the shine. So uh, this is a great game, uh, an early tune-up to, to kind of showcase what, what Mississippi State's all about. So not to mention just the, the pipeline of recruiting, like you said, mm-hmm. getting up there and, and maybe – you know, go into some living rooms before you go out there Saturday. I think that's a huge, huge hit for them. Yeah, in a program like Memphis, they don't get an SEC team into their stadium very often. So, you know, what few fans they may have at those games, they're going to be fired up for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you don't want to lose to them. I mean, you think about Ole Miss losing to them a few years back. It, it was a, it was an embarrassing loss that, that they should have won. So you. You definitely can't start off with a sour note, and Memphis has that capability. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at their track record; they've they've always had. It seems like they've always been able to pull off a couple upsets. So uh, you can't you can't go in with that. You got to go in with a statement win here. All right, so now I'm jumping into an SEC game, but again, this is a non-annual SEC game. I think this one's pretty interesting, Shane. Number thirteen on my list: LSU at Kentucky. And this is in the middle of the season, but, you know, these Blue teams. Bluegrass miracle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did we get another I mean, edition of that? Time you... Yeah. And these teams don't play each other annually. LSU and Kentucky both returning a lot of production from last season. I know Kentucky, new offense, new quarterback, and they've, they've added some transfers as well. But I think this could be a really interesting one. And th- You know, this is one where if you're LSU – Fans are going to expect to win this game. Yeah. And that's just the reality of it. But that doesn't mean it's going to happen. And for Kentucky, you know, the flip side, you're going to be an underdog at home. And this is a – these are the games that Mark Stoops and company need to win so that they can stop – so other programs, you know, stop thinking it's an automatic W when they go to Lexington to, to play. So right. I think a lot on the line for both of these teams. What, what week is this again? Uh, this will be – Week six of the season, so right in the middle of the, the season here. Okay, all right, yeah, so no creeping up on this one. So uh, this is a this is a classic trap game, it feels like, you know. Mm-hmm. Who does LSU got before and after Kentucky? Uh, before? Oh, yeah, this is perfect here, Shane. It's a, it's a sandwich game. LSU host Auburn the week before, mm-hmm. and then the week after they host Florida. Uh, buddy, it just feels like one of those you could get caught looking ahead and and, and next thing you know, because I mean, I you think of this game, the first thing I, you think of is a bluegrass miracle. So uh, I don't think they'll need a miracle to make this a ball game. Kentucky's going to have a hell of a ball club next year. And and um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just I'm feeling like this this is going to be a tough fought ball game at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, number 12, Shane. I think you'll like this one. Pitt at Tennessee. Balls are back. Before long, we'll be taking a bite out of everybody we play ass. This is uh, week two of the season, and I don't know about you, Shane, but it seems like every time we get a first-year coach at Tennessee, he's always got, you know, one marquee non-conference opponent, and it's basically half the fan base judges them on whether they win or lose the game. <laughs> and this was going to be in Neyland Stadium. You know, Pitt, I think, is a decent team. Johnny Major special here. There you go, the Johnny Majors Bowl. <laughs> I think they're going to wear decals, I read, for Johnny Majors, both teams oh, good. for this good. matchup. But 
you know, this is one where, like, I kind of joke about it, but not really. I mean, Josh Heupel stands to basically lose some fans, I think, if they lose this game. And and people on the fence about him, he's got a chance to win those people, I think, immediately, mm-hmm. you know, by put, putting a hurt on Pitt. So what are your thoughts on this matchup, Pittsburgh at Tennessee, week two of the season? Yeah, this again, like you said, because you've, you've got a lot of, a lot of fans out there, myself included, that that aren't one hundred percent sold on Hopple. Mm-hmm. You know, we would love to jump jump on the hot train. Now, I know when the season gets here, we're probably going to change our attitudes a little bit. But like you said, it is also one of those games that you're you're sitting there week two, and you could be saying, "Oh shit, here we go again." You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not what we want. We want to come out here. We want to see uh, again. Just just. Not dominance, but you, you want to see a, a comfortable victory. You don't you don't want to see this thing get down in the fourth quarter and be like, damn, if we can't beat Pitt, there's no way we're going to beat an SEC team. So uh, that's I think it's just a good gauge factor because Pitt's one of those those ball clubs, a lot like Memphis, that you know they can sneak up and beat anybody. So um, I don't know what they're going to have roster wise. I don't know if it's a good Pitt or a bad Pitt, but. You know, they, they they find ways to get players in the NFL every single year. So uh, talent shouldn't be an issue. Right, and here's the games sandwiched between that pit game for Tennessee. They open against Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech at home the next game. So that's another reason I'm circling this pit game because if Tennessee finds a way, you got to think they're going to be 3-0 and heading into Josh Heupel's first SEC game at Florida. So – a lot on the line here, I think, for Tennessee's first-year coach. The podcast is also sponsored by Justin Hamilton over at the federalsavingsbank.com. Head on over there, talk to Justin, make sure you let him know the guys over at That SEC Podcast sent you. There's no better time than now to refinance or buy a home with interest rates lower than ever. Hit up our guy Justin over at the Federal Savings Bank. And this is a guy that uh, actually saved Cousin Joe over $400 a month on his mortgage. If you got any questions at all about Justin Hamilton and what he can do for you at the Federal Savings Bank, he's licensed in all 50 states to help you out. Reach out to us. More than happy to answer any question you got. We've also put a link to Justin's website at the Federal Savings Bank.com in the show notes. So head on down there. Reach out to Justin if you're looking to buy a home or refinance your home. And again, make sure to tell him the guys from that SEC podcast sent you. He'll hook you up. All right, number 11 on the list, Shane. How about this? This is an interesting game. Texas A&M at Colorado. And they've moved this game. It's not in Colorado's home stadium. They've actually moved it to the Denver Broncos stadium. So it's going to be played in Denver. The Aggies. This is going to be their second game of the year. And we got to figure out what we got on offense without Kellen Mond. I know we got some studs at running back. We still got Jalen Watermeyer at tight end. and But we've lost some offensive linemen. So a little bit of a trap game, I would think, for Texas A&M. I still think they're going to be you know, one of the higher-ranked teams in the SEC. Certainly don't think they're going to lose to Colorado. But this is one of those where it's a little tricky being on the road. And it's going to be... Like I said, neutral site, even though I would imagine there's going to be more Colorado fans just with it being so close to their stadium. But 
It's, it's not often we get to see an SEC team in an NFL stadium outside of uh, Mercedes-Benz down there in Atlanta. So and this one is kind of intriguing to me. Yeah, have these guys ever played? Uh, I, you know, this feels like an odd matchup. I'm going to get on here and just they see used to be. Guys... I think they used to be Big 12 rivals. No, six and three. They've only played nine times. Oh, okay. Uh, A&M is currently losing, so we're going to have to bounce back on that. Okay, so they <laughs> played in 2009, Boulder, Colorado, 35-34, mm-hmm. so that was a hell of a game. So there's going to be a couple Aggie fans that remember them well. I mean, we're talking <laughs> 11 years ago. They, they went back-to-back. So mm-hmm. College Station, they won, then they went to Colorado, and they lost. So this was a, this was a close matchup back then. So, no, I, I don't think it's going to be a close matchup this time, but – I just think that, uh, again, similar to some of these other games that we've talked about, this is a good – this is a, not a tune-up game. I, I hate – because I, I find myself keep saying that because I don't think it's going to be a tune-up game. But I think it's going to be a game where we're going to find some from some added depth here that we're – you know, we're going to be able to really stretch and, and play uh, on both sides of the ball and, and figure out what we're working with because – A&M is going to have a lot of question marks coming into the season, and those those positions need to be filled up by this by this game. At the end of this game, we should you know we should know what we're dealing with going into SEC play. Mm-hmm. All right, we're getting into the top ten, Shane. I'm sticking with Texas A&M. Texas A&M at Missouri. M-I-Z! Which is uh, this is another this will be the same week as LSU Kentucky, so it's. Sixth, seventh week of the season here, smack dab in the middle. But I like this game for a couple of reasons. I think this is this probably, instead of uh, Texas A&M, South Carolina, it probably should be Texas A&M and Missouri that play every year, mm-hmm. if we're being honest. Uh, you know, former Pac-12, or excuse me, uh, Big 12 teams here, and a little bit of a history there, and two rising programs, Eli Drinkwitz, Jimbo Fisher, I think this has got the makings of a sneaky good game, and it's in Columbia, too, which is going to help the Tigers. Thoughts on this matchup, Texas A&M at Missouri? I, I like it, and, and for a couple of reasons. You know, it, it always feels like Jimbo has a handful of games that he's not prepared for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, you think about some games in the past that shouldn't have been ball games, maybe even some losses that they took. It, it just feels like there's always that, that little sneaky trap game, and you know, they did a lot. They did. Don't get me wrong. Last year was a fantastic. I mean, you, you, you cut out that Bama game and, you know, I, I thought they should have been in the college football playoffs. But, you know, Mizzou, on the other hand, with what they dealt with Corona wise and the numbers wise was had a fantastic. I mean, I would almost say an epic season. Uh, I, I think Eli was probably a game or two away from being. Uh, I would say one of the best coaches last year, like surprise coaches of, of 2020. So mm-hmm. I say that to say this, if, if, you know, they don't have the number issue and, and, and Eli has shown us anything the first year in the SEC is that he's, he's able to go toe to toe with just about anybody. And he's, he's able to game play in a game script and make his boys just as competitive in every ball game. It seems like they win in. Uh, that that makes you feel good, and um, I really like this team. I think Mizzou's going to be a sneaky ball club next year, and this is one of those games that wouldn't blow my mind, similar to that LSU uh, victory they had last year, that they sneak up and maybe catch A&M off guard. All right, here the games are getting really good, Shane. Number nine on my list, Auburn. The war damn eagle. At 
Penn State, mm. week three of the season. And Auburn opens against Akron and Alabama State. So you got to figure they're going to be 2-0 and headed up to Penn State. And again, I bet there's some Auburn fans, you know, for the most part, I think they're all in on Brian Harson, But I think, you know, a little bit similar to the Josh Heupel with Tennessee. I mean, I think this is a, his real chance to get some high-level buy-in from the Auburn fan base. You go on the road. Penn State's been a – I know they struggled last year, but beyond that they've been, you know, very solid under James Franklin. And we're getting back to these home-and-home matchups, which is even better. That's certainly why this game's in my top ten. But thoughts on that matchup, Shane? Auburn at Penn State week three of the season. Mm, James Franklin could get fired after this thing, Mike, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I never liked that guy, and uh, uh, you know, I came around there for a minute because I was like, "Well, he could be our next coach." But now that 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 door has completely shut, I'm I'm back out on James Franklin, and and honestly, this is a game that uh, Auburn would love to have early. This is a signature win and a new new coaching regime. This this could be a big one for him, and uh, and you've got a questionable Penn State staff and and team here, so. Uh, who knows? You may be able to catch this one off guard, and if you do that, I think that's just a huge win for the for the planes there. Mm-hmm. All right, number eight, Shane. You're really gonna love this one. Ole Miss. Tardy, Ole Miss. At Tennessee Lane train <laughs> coming back yeah. to Neyland Stadium. This is uh October 16th, so right in the middle of the season. I believe that's week seven. But uh, mm-hmm. so many storylines here. And now that we know it's, uh, you know, the Lane Kiffin offense versus Josh Heupel, I mean, hell, this there's probably going to be 100 points scored in this bad boy. This is uh, going to be – it was already going to be an entertaining get matchup, but it's going to be ratcheted up to another level. So how fired up are you for Ole Miss at Tennessee? Super fired up, Mike. I, I mean, obviously me and Lane shared a little bit of a bromance this offseason <laughs> as I was trying to recruit him up here. It did not work, but my last tweet to Mr. Lane Kiffin was, I wish him nothing but the best except for when we play in Knoxville this year. <laughs> and I just, you know, we've got, we've got the hop train. And, uh, again, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to get on board with this thing and uh, – um, you know, he is, I, I don't think he's lost to Lane Kiffin. So that's a, that's a good sign. That's a good start right there. So, uh, I, I'm with you. I think there's going to be a lot of fireworks. I think there's going to be a lot of offense in this game. And, uh, the cool thing is you you got a coach that's, that knows what to expect. I mean, this isn't his first rodeo against Lane Kiffin. So if anything, he may have a slight advantage of some over these SEC coaches. Yeah. And Lane Kiffin's a sharp enough guy. He knows you know, the Tennessee fans, a lot of them were calling for his hire. So you got to feel like he's going to troll them or, or do something. Hell, he may even wear an orange tie to this game just to mess with them. Or Oh, you know he will. He's going to do something. And I don't know what it is, but I just can't wait to see what he does when he comes with his Ole Miss squad in the Neyland Stadium. All right, number seven on my list, Shane. Neutral site game, Alabama. Roll Tide! Versus Miami. Season opener in Atlanta. Mm. We mm. we talked about this one a little bit here, but uh, you know Miami's returning quite a bit. Alabama's replacing quite a bit, but hell, we all know who's going to be favored in this matchup. But Miami could be bringing everybody. Alabama could have lost everybody 
The Crimson Tide are still going to be favored to start the season 1-0 September 4th here. But uh, thoughts on this matchup, Shane, and making the top seven here? This is going to be a good one. And probably by the time we get here, probably one of the most anticipated games because, you know, it's just it's just a clash of you, – you think of great – programs you know just just dominant football teams you think of obviously Alabama here recently you think of the USC's of the past Miami run you know in the 2000s uh, there there was just this has just got all the right pieces all the right makings for a great game I don't think it's going to be competitive Mike I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go on the record there I wish we could go ahead and put money on this thing because <laughs> I think Alabama's going to blow them out of the water but it's the buildup, I think, is going to be fantastic to this one. So there'll be a lot of anticipation for this game. Mm-hmm. All right, number six on my list, Shane. This should be a great one. Texas, under Steve Sarkeesian, new co-chair, at Arkansas. Woo pig! Week two of the season here. Year two of the Sam Pittman era. And here's a chance for Sam Pittman and company to get the biggest win they've gotten since they arrived in Fayetteville the old Southwest classic here, but uh, man, this mm-hmm. is, this is one I'm dying to see Texas at Arkansas. And thank God we got some home and home games here. Absolutely. And these teams hate each other. That's, you know, you talk about games where, where they don't play that often. These guys don't play that often now. And they absolutely hate each other. When this thing came out, I've never seen so many horns down pictures in my life. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm pumped up. This will be a huge one for Sam. You know Steve's going to be bringing it. Any chance he has an opportunity to get an SEC win, he's going to try to do that. Uh, but, yeah, this is going to be an absolute bloodbath, and I'm all for it. Yeah, and remember the old uh, borderline erotic quote from Brett Bielema that was after beating Texas so I mean it's, it's like you said he was playing to the fan base there he knows Razorbacks hate the Longhorns oh yeah all right number five on my list Shane normally this game would not rank this high but all the drama in the last month or so I had to put it in the top five Auburn at South Carolina <laughs> I don't even know if Mike Bobo's going to leave his stadium alive here. You know what I mean? These uh, fans right. are going to be out for him. Uh, Brian Harson's been raiding the South Carolina staff left and right. South Carolina's, you know, glad those guys are gone. But uh, I think this is going to be a game where, like I said, normal year, it'd still be a great game because it's an SEC game. But next to last game of the season – and particularly if Auburn has a poor season and South Carolina has a better than expected season, I think Williams Bryce is going to be rocking for this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Tracy Rocker's coming in to do the honorary coin flip. I've heard. So- <laughs> <laughs> oh man, these guys don't like each other. They don't play each other that often. But the way this thing, this is this is. The makings of a of a bad family reunion. So uh, I, I'm ready for this because there's going to be some there's going to be some chippy play, man. There's going to be a lot of fighting online. This is one of those that uh, that's going to be ugly by the time it's it's kickoff. All right, number four, Shane. This is incredible that this game is number four, but that's going to give you an indication of the games we got here. Alabama roll time at Florida. Week three of the season, 
Florida opens with Florida Atlantic and at South Florida. So you got to figure the Gators are going to be 2-0. and We know Alabama's likely going to be 2-0. and So this is going to be a battle of undefeateds here in the swamp. Dan Mullen, Nick Saban. What more could you ask for from an SEC matchup here? But this should be one hell of a game. And it's a good thing that it's at Florida. Give them a little bit of home field advantage for uh, you know the, the toughest test in the SEC facing Alabama. Uh, thoughts on this game, Alabama at Florida. Yeah, well, you know, Dan would like to do over there from the SEC championship. You know, he thought he was a couple plays away from dethroning the Crimson Tide, and uh, he's going to have an opportunity early to to kind of repeat this thing. Obviously, we got new players, and it's going to be a whole different ball game. But this is, uh, I don't know, man. This could very well be a glimpse to of of the next sec championship i mean we may be talking about that i know georgia's in play and there's a lot of west teams that are you know gunning for that spot but who knows this is one of those that you know it, it could be a repeat and this could be a hell of a ball game could yeah be just, the two best teams man just imagine because i i'm gonna it's safe to assume alabama is gonna be the favorite in this game but if florida finds a way to get it done Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're going to be favored the the rest of the way, like you're saying. I mean, I don't care who's on the schedule, yeah, because that that's just the power of beating Alabama and, and how much momentum you can get off a game like that. You know what? Absolutely. All right, top three, Shane. This game would rank higher, but everybody knows by now how we feel about these neutral site games. I'd rather <laughs> this be home and home, Georgia versus Clemson in the season opener in Charlotte. I mean, what can't be said about this game? This may be preseason number one versus preseason number two. A lot on the line. Clemson is returning, if I'm not mistaken, their entire starting defense, every single player that started last year's back. And we know Georgia's going to be loaded on that side of the ball. And uh, I know Clemson's got a new quarterback, but, hell, he was number one in the country, five-star. Georgia's returning JT Daniels. I mean, this uh, – yeah. This has got the makings of being just an epic showdown here. Could be a college football playoff preview. Yeah, it kind of makes me wonder who you got in the first spot because this would be my number one circled right now for a couple of reasons. One, uh, it, it's going to shut up Clemson forever. If if Georgia comes out and does what they're supposed to and just, you know, just mops these guys up and down the field, then we don't have to hear that, well, Clemson belongs in there, you know, <laughs> or, you know, it just kind of has that Notre Dame feel just sitting out there mm-hmm. that, that you know, that, that they belong, you know. This is – they don't have sunshine anymore. And this this may be the start. What That's the thing about Clemson. Clemson has had a run. But I, I think unlike Alabama, I, I, I feel like they're at the end of theirs. I, I think they're on the verge of losing – and not being fun and sexy anymore and just going away. That's huge for all teams in the SEC because think of how many recruits Georgia had lost to Clemson. Think of how many recruits some of these other programs have lost to Clemson. We need them to suck again. Mm -hmm. So you do that by coming out here on a national stage. Yes, it's on a neutral site field, but, man, this this is a perfect opportunity to show the SEC, show the country how powerful the SEC is and how 
you know, so we, we're not doing this song and dance and then sneaking these guys into a college football playoffs later down the road. We don't do that. You can end all conversations in this game. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. Number one on my list. Shane, I always know the fans are really going to have an issue with one of my rankings when you – have issue with the rankings. It's like, it's a preview of the backlash I'm go- about to get. But look who I got here, one and two. Maybe maybe you'll understand it. Big part of that is if this Georgia-Clemson was a home-and-home, home, I'd, I'd have a lot more respect for this matchup. Uh-huh. But number two on the list, Shane, Liberty at Ole Miss. Tidy, Ole Miss. Hugh Freeze mm. returning to Oxford to face the – to face the lane train man i don't know i think this game is going to be spectacular and there's going to be so much hoopla around it now the only downfall it's not early in the season it's late in the season november 6th is uh, the final month of the season but i don't know i've got this one circled as one to watch and if liberty particularly if they beat up on their league like they have been i mean hell they may be undefeated Uh Going into this matchup, Matt Corral at Ole Miss, he may be the best quarterback in the SEC. They could go on a real run. I mean, imagine if this is a top 10 showdown, which, you know, I don't know if Liberty can climb that high in the rankings, but Ole Miss certainly can if they upset a team or two on their list. So I think this is going to be another really, really entertaining game. Well, I I still have Clemson and the Georgia (laughs) game higher. All right, Mike. But if you, if you, Let's say you're one of those that don't get on Twitter Twitter that often, maybe once or twice a year. This is the week you want to because the memes are going to be <laughs> on fire down there. I'm telling you, the jokes are writing themselves as we speak. There's people working on videos that are going to sit on it until this week. I'm telling you, I, I, how many how many how many hospital bed photos are going to be floating around <laughs> that week, Mike? They're going to be all over the hooker jokes. I can hear it already. <laughs> So, yes, uh, the jokes right themselves. I'm looking forward to this one just to see the material that comes from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, number one on my list, Shane. LSU at UCLA in the season opener. A beautiful home-and-home matchup here. And I think this is going to be a real test for the Tigers. I mean, they certainly should win this game, but you're going all the way across the country. You're playing in. You know, probably the most iconic stadium outside of the SEC in all of mm-hmm. college football, playing in the Rose Bowl. Maybe it's just the fact that uh, I used to live next door to the Rose Bowl, but it's always got a special place <laughs> in my heart. I cannot wait to see LSU and how many fans. I think it's going to be a purple and gold take over the Rose Bowl type matchup facing UCLA. That's number one on my list. That's a game that I'm most looking forward to next season of the non-annual SEC game. So thoughts on that one? No, no, this is, this is a good one. This one, something we talked about, we've talked about a couple of times. So I just like it because it's kicking off the season. It's a home Mm -hmm. and home. Like you said, Uh, I hate that we're going out there to start with because they're probably only going to allow 5,000 people in that building, (laughs) you know, but it's okay. 4,000 of them are going to be LSU fans and uh, they're going to go there. They're going to get their job done early. And uh, just, I don't know. It's just, I, I just, I, I love when the brand goes out. Because everybody, when you can go in the state of California and come away with a victory. 
Absolutely, man. So, I mean, I cannot wait for each and every one of these games. But I thought I'd give you guys something, uh, you know, something to, to think about here during this cold, cold off season. I don't know where what it's like where you guys live, but here in uh, <laughs> Shane's obviously in East Tennessee. I'm in Nashville. The roads are froze, and I can't leave the house. It's black ice everywhere. Cars skidding all over the road. So, uh, I mean, I'm kind of keep trying to keep it warm here, just talking some SEC football. That's right, man. Eat all the what do they call it the the milk sandwiches, all those that you can that you can handle this week. And we don't. It's weird. We're not getting any. I think we're getting rain all week. But yeah, I, the rest of the country feels like they've getting a little bit of snow. So be safe out there. Uh, but I am looking forward to football because this was the first Sunday without it in a long time, Mike, and it, it's it's tough. I even turned on the NASCAR today. I watched a, a couple laps, and then it started raining, and they couldn't do it anymore, you know? I mean, is it a sport if you can't play in the rain? I don't know. People <laughs> ask me all the time. I think if you can't go in the rain, then it's not really a sport. But uh, but it's talking season, man. It's list season. It's it's interview season. So we're going to get some stuff out for you. We'll have plenty of material. And obviously, if anything pops open, we're going to jump on here first to let you guys know. Hey, that's going to do it for this one. If you made it this far, of course, if you wouldn't mind giving us that five-star written review on the Apple Podcast app, that really goes a long way towards uh, growing the show and just our way of saying thanks. And if you've done that already and you haven't gotten a koozie, send a screenshot over to that SEC podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we really do appreciate each and every one of those. Uh, but uh, hey, buddy, that's all yeah. I got. You got you got anything before we hop off here? Yeah, just one thing, man. Uh, we got a lot of koozies floating around. We got a lot of gear floating around. If you got a shirt on or a sweatshirt on or you got a cold beer sitting in that koozie, send a picture of it to us on Twitter. We'll be sure to retweet it, man. Uh, or woman. I mean, we've had we've got all kinds of fans out there, and we support. We appreciate everybody's support. And, uh, we'd love to, to send those pictures out. So if you get if you got a cold beer and you got it in that koozie, just send it on over. Yeah, every time uh, the company we work with, it's called T Public. You can follow find that link in the podcast show notes. But every time they got a sale, we'll be telling you guys all about it. Thirteen dollars shirts, you can't beat that, man. And these are high quality <laughs> SEC shirts. You can get them in your team colors. So, mm-hmm. yeah, just want to say thanks to everybody that's been buying those. Really do appreciate that as well. But, uh, hey, that's going to do it, buddy. Thanks for joining me as always. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go ball. All right, little buddy. My pizza's here, so I'm going to jump off. <laughs>